Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Marglin. And I'm Chris Marglin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello. Hey. Hi there. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing all right. How are things in Vancouver? Yes, indeed. We are in what we like to call the real Vancouver. Uh huh. <laughs> Although we would much rather be in the other Vancouver. <laughs> uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Courtney. Welcome. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us and hanging out with us today on TPQ20. Um, I noticed earlier that you'd been uh, that you'd been listening to a couple, at least uh, at least to Taylor Bias's, um, and she's obviously a, a rock star poet these days. So uh, we are incredibly excited to have you here, um, and we always like to start out by saying we know who you are, uh, but our audience may not. If you were to give your elevator pitch of who you are, uh, who are you? My name is Gabrielle Bates. I wouldn't say I have an elevator pitch because I am not currently for sale, but I, <laughs> I can tell you um, a bit of my bio, if that's helpful. Um, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. I live currently in Seattle, Washington. I co-host uh, a poetry podcast um, with a few buddies, Duji Tahat and Luther Hughes, uh, and we have a great time doing that. Um, and I work for Open Books, a poem emporium, which is a poetry-only bookstore here in Seattle. It's very special. And lastly, my very first book is coming out uh, in 2023, so a bit of a wait, um, and that's called Judas Goat. Yes, indeed, and uh, and it is um, becoming quite the uh, hotly anticipated book. Uh, it has it's been referenced several times on these, and uh, I, I, we we're are, all so excited. We are. We're that really blows my forward. mind. It's so hard to believe that that's true, but I'm so deeply honored by that. Well, congratulations on the upcoming book. Uh, that's fantastic. Well done. Um, well, it's definitely one of the things that we've heard people are passionate about. Um, so since it, you are something that people have been very passionate about, we would like to know what, I know it's making you blush, just for our audience out there. We're making her blush all right. I'm very excited. <laughs> so what are you passionate about? Um, in the world of literature these days? Mm. Well, I would say on the page, just thinking as a poet in general, I am would say I'm passionate about honing my intuition towards what feels true and alive and surprising. Um, and then thinking off the page, it's funny. I feel like the word passion calls to mind a certain exuberance that I haven't felt a lot of access to for the last couple of years, to be honest, in this you know time of pandemic. But there have been certainly moments where, where the passion has felt ignited and it tends to be in conversation uh, with other poets and other people who love poetry. So, you know, even moments like this conversation with you two here uh, this late afternoon, um, talking with people about the books they love, the poems they love, um, just, yeah, being in conversation with other people who love the same 
niche form of literature that I do <laughs> is something that definitely uh, ignites my passions. And I love doing what I can to make spaces for those sorts of conversations, whether that's digital um, or whether that's physical at something like Open Books, um, the poetry bookstore. So that's something I'm definitely passionate about uh, in the world of literature. Very cool. So how about uh, outside of the world of literature? Uh, when you're not when you're not, uh, you know, sitting in your thoughts and attempting to, uh, you know, to write your second uh, collection. Um, <laughs> when you're not poetrying, <laughs> uh, what are you doing? Um, I've been really excited by watching movies lately. Um, I've been watching a lot of just really beautiful, artful films in Italian and French, which are languages I don't speak um, <laughs> hardly at all, but um, just kind of washing in visual beauty and motion and um, other languages is something that's been nourishing to me lately. That's lovely. This is much better than the reality TV I've been immersing myself in. I feel... I'm sure the housewives talk, you know, speak other languages. They do. <laughs> Just not as elevated as what you are describing. <laughs> really I know. I feel like I'm masquerading as such a like classy bitch, but um, it's I, true. It's, it's what I've been bitch than I loving. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am feeling like I need to up my game. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm also like eating baked beans out of a can and stuff like that. So I'm eating Pop Tarts lately, like a lot of Pop Tarts. Amazing. I don't want to talk about how no shame. Not... Oh my. Maybe if I watched more French and Italian films, I would feel better about the amount of Pop Tarts. We would up it to well, I love I love in all things a contrast, right? So in a poem, I love a contrast. You get that good tension. In real life, I love contrast and tension. So the idea of eating a Pop-Tart while watching like Sorrentino's The Great Beauty, like that sounds like my ideal kind of evening. Okay. <laughs> so I need to like, up... okay, so I've got to watch Highbrow with my Pop-Tart. Sweet. So Fellini's Eight and a Half is coming out tonight. That's going to, that'll be our, that'll be our <laughs> nighttime adventure. Got to balance. Love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Another way of nice. saying it is, yeah, balance. So, um, and this has been advice corner yeah. <laughs> with so, TPQ 20. So in this balanced <laughs> world between writing and, uh, binge watching Italian and French cinema, uh, <laughs> how, where, where is your, or what is your process when it comes to, to writing? Um, you know, are you, uh, do you have superstitions that go along with it? Do you have to watch a foreign movie before you can sit down with a pen? Uh, are, what there is, pop -tarts involved? are there pop tarts or baked beans involved? <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what is your process when it comes to writing? I used to be a very regimented writer. I used to get up every morning early. Um, I at this point, I'm thinking when I was more in grad school time, um, and I didn't have a desk in my tiny apartment. I didn't even have a table that I could really sit at to write. So I had to kind of get out of the apartment and go buy a cup of coffee to, um, you know, buy my permission to sit and write for a few hours. Um, and I would do that every single day. Um, I would start my day that way. Um, and, you know, it was an immense privilege to do that, to be in school where 
my job, quote unquote, was like to read and write. And that was incredible. And I managed to keep that going um, for a while after I graduated too. But at this point, um, my life has just gotten too, uh, there's too many plates spinning. I can't um, necessarily do that every day. Or I could if I really, really decided I needed to, but I've learned ways to make writing a part of my day um, that's just like less regimented. So I, I take it where I can get it. Um, I do it when it calls to me, when I can. Um, and I'm in an interesting stage now of doing final edits on my first book, which I've never been in this stage of the writing process before. It's very different than just sitting down at the blank page, which actually has never scared me. Um, and just writing and seeing what happens. You know, like this book is going to come out right. and I have to get these poems exactly how I want them before that happens. And that's a very different brain space and a very different creative space. So it's required a different process, I think, or um, has called me to a different kind of process. How close were you, you think, with your original draft and the draft you're editing how close were you to what your final versions are going to be? I can't even remember what I would call the original manuscript of this book. It's been in the works for, by the time it comes out, it will have been in the works for a full decade. Oh, wow. And I, so I truly can't even remember. And I have a, um, a very bad memory just generally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I will say I am a relentless reviser and always have been. So, you know, I started publishing poems and journals in like 2014. And since then, you know, I've published them fairly regularly. Um, and I'm almost always revising beyond that version that's published. Um, and now I'm, you know, revising them even further as they're part of this larger thing. So, you know, these poems most of them have been with me a long time and um, they've gone through lots of different forms. So I would say it's very, it's a very different book than whatever that first uh, one was. And yet there will be, you know, uh, obsessions and atmospheres that have always been there because that's me. <laughs> that's all, you know, we can choose what we write to some extent, but if we're writing what we need to, there, there's not all that much choice, actually, um, for me, at least. And so um, certain things have, have remained the same. But on the surface level, I think if we were able to look at both versions, it would be very, very different. You mentioned that you've never been afraid of the blank page. Is mm -hmm. there a part of the writing process that is the most challenging for you or kind of a pitfall for you or something that is... Mm -hmm is um kind of the dreaded part for you because for me the blank page has always been like i don't want to look at it i would rather yeah. just jot things down I'm, on the way and then get started there i'm even tattooed with uh, improve the blank page on uh, kanapara uh so it's yeah that's what's your like what's your beautiful yeah piece? yeah i i think i definitely have spells where I can't write anything that I like <laughs> and and that is horrible to to feel like I might never again be able to do something with that blank page that surprises me or excites me or feels like I 
you know, have some skin in the game, something vulnerable was said that I needed to say. Um, I definitely go through periods where I'm in that lull and, oh, oh my God, it's so painful. I, I hate it so much. And I, um, when I'm in it, you know, I remind myself that it is going to end at some point. It always does, but, um, oh, it's just so icky. <laughs> I hate that. And I generally, you know, I was just talking about being a relentless reviser, but I don't, unless it's really working well, I don't enjoy the process of revision. I find it very frustrating. Um, I often feel like I either have to get it pretty close to how I want it on that first go, or else it's just never going to happen. That's not true, but it's how I feel. Um, because I, I just find it very difficult to, to reimagine a poem once I've left it, you know, to come back into that house and then change the house feels um, still, you know, and I have some shame about that because I feel in some ways that, you know, a serious writer um, enjoys that part of the process. And um, I only enjoy it once it snaps into place. <laughs> I think there's so many people on that spectrum where it's, icky it feels yeah. once it's done it's done and don't touch it and it's mine and I it, almost that defensive feeling of like the words are sacred and they're my words and I don't want to revise them um, oh yeah I haven't been in that headspace in a really long time but I do remember um very early on having feelings like that for me it's more I got it so close and I can tell this has potential and I can't fucking get it to that oh, next yeah. level. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's so close. And that's what kills me is yeah. when I just can't, I don't have the skills to just move it right up that to that next notch. <laughs> so frustrating. Now, is there a difference though, since it took, you know, a decade for Judas goat, is there a difference now do you feel mm. like it's more immediate that you have to get something mm. out on the page? Is it mm. coming to you differently at this point? Mm. Yeah, I don't feel a huge pressure to like follow up Judas Goat with another book right away. I um, The pressure I feel is to make this book as strong as I can to try to honor, you know, the readers who will give it the gift of their attention. Um, but I, I am still you know, writing things um, on the side that aren't going in that book because um, I can't really stop myself. Um, but I don't, I don't know what they'll be. And um, I, I have felt drawn to play with some different styles and forms that I wasn't doing before. I feel a new sort of liberation to, nice. to just try things out and play because I, I'm not working towards that one particular project. Right. Um, yeah. What are some of the forms you're trying out? Um, well, I was I, looking at this big document I have that's just called Fodder, and it's just where I put all my little scraps and lines and inspirations and things that might one day be incorporated into a poem. And um, I was just combing through that super long document and pulling out couplets that felt like they could stand on their own and arranging them into 14 liners and just doing um, a long series of those. And that was fun for me. That was exciting. And it didn't really feel like writing a poem, you know, mm. like for me in the past, it's so much been about sitting down at the page and, and trying to mine deep and do something start to finish and see what happened. 
And this was so much more of a collage leaping approach. Um, so I enjoyed it and I'm interested in them, but um, I'm not sure what will happen <laughs> with I those I love pieces. the playfulness on your face as you talk about that. There's like this <laughs> joy in you as you're talking that um, is just so inspiring. Oh, thank you. It also makes me want to know, um, the last couple of interviews that we've done, I have heard the most interesting names of files that writers have. Um, crying, tell me. Crying, crying on the bus was uh, is, is Seema Reza. And Fodder. Amazing. That sounds like a book title. Right? Yes. And well, and it was, as um, a fellow former single mother, I so knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, and also in a funny way too, because sometimes as a single mom, that's the only piece you got and you would take it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Those are peaceful moments. <laughs> peaceful moments <as laughs> Relatively, well. yeah. Yeah, those are not necessarily always sad tears. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> as ironic as that is, but it just made me think, I have so many folders on my own phone titled so many strange things that nobody else would understand in this community we're starting to build. <laughs> that might be one of the questions we start hearing in is what it's are a great the one. titles to all of these folders we've all got going on? That could be a book in itself or a poem. Yeah. <laughs> but you have this string of, you know, very plosive P words that you ask questions based off. So you'd have to think of what the word that starts with p that is, is, true. To, that is true to do that really question love alliteration yeah <laughs> the teacher in us we can't get away from that so um as we kind of head toward the end who are you or what are you really excited about um that's out there now or coming up and then um what uh what's coming up for you uh in the future oh my gosh 2022 is about to be a year for poetry books. I'm sure you're aware of this, um, but anyone who's listening who's not aware of this, they need to buckle their seatbelts because mm -hmm. this new year is coming for us with an abundance. Um, and some of the books that I'm particularly just salivating for, um, Robin Cost Lewis's second book is coming out um, that she was apparently working on even before her first one. Um, so it's another book that's just been a long time in the cooker. And she's such a brilliant thinker um, and an exquisite writer. And I just know that book is going to do everything I need it to do and more. Um, my beloved Luther Hughes, um, who co-hosts The Poet Salon with me, um, his first book is coming out with BOA editions next year. And it is, I read it in manuscript form and I'm not just saying this because he's a dear friend. I genuinely think I'm capable of like making distinctions between like, I just love this person and like, yay, they wrote a book or <laughs> I know this person and this book is a book that is going to be studied for decades to come. Um, it is, I don't even have the language. It's, it's unlike um, any collection of poems I've ever read in some ways. Um, That's so and it's, exciting. oh, it's just incredible, devastating and so incredible, um, so beautiful. Um, so those are two that immediately come to mind, but Solma Sharif's next book, um, I'm really excited to read Claire Schwartz's first full length collection. Um, oh my gosh, just so, so many. Um, I recommend people uh, hit up Open Books, <laughs> the, the poetry bookstore uh, website to, to pre-order some of those Very because cool. um, it's so exciting. 
Awesome. And oh, then, you know, we know, for me. Jud- we know Judas Goat <laughs> is, is still a year yeah. and a half away. That's what but, I got uh, for you. It'll awesome. be here before you know it. Oh, we, we know how time so works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're going to turn around two times and it's going to be 2023. And <laughs> your heels. We'll be right yeah. There. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on TPQ20. This has been lovely. and What a pleasure. It went by so fast. Soon. Yeah, and we are, uh, we are you know, within a few hours away, so we will venture up toward open books uh, at some point here. Um, and we look forward to actually, you know, maybe meeting you. Um, oh, my gosh, I would love that. Yeah, very Absolutely. Cool. Or May it be so. Portland, Vancouver area soon. It's on the train, right? That's it the is. train stop. There it we is. go. That could happen. Perfect. Vancouver is even a train <laughs> stop. Yes, Vancouver is That's a train what I stop. meant. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to speaking with you again. And we hope you have a great rest of the night. Thanks so much, Chris and Courtney. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe. 